Hello, this is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, an out loud version of of A Quiet Time. It's Rochelle and it's Carter. We did the Easter series last week, so now it's a bit more normal, back to what we normally do. You can't handle the roof. <sighs> I like that. Did you like That's that? fun. That's... I think you can A handle. few good men, and you are in clearly the book of The of book Ruth. of Ruth. I like that. Have you heard that before, or did you just make that up? I just totally made that up. That's fun. But you can handle the book of Ruth because it's awesome. And let me just say this. If you have read through Judges... You yeah. need some roof. <laughs> Judges is is messed up. You have always heard the Sunday school stories about Samson, and maybe uh, Deborah, I believe, is how her name is pronounced. Okay, right. Not, but if everybody calls her Deborah, come on, right? Uh, and then there's you know these these main takeaway people like Gideon, and you think, oh, you hear the good stuff usually presented. Mm-hmm. If it's on flannel graph, there's a really strong guy that's Samson, and maybe he has a tiny little jawbone with the yeah. donkey. You're not you're not talking about Lot's daughters a lot in Sunday school. No, um, and they, you, going back to Genesis, yeah. I mean, I know that's before, but yeah, <laughs> well, you're, you're not you're not talking. Lot, but but no. this stuff is there, mm-hmm. and I and even before you get into it, I'll, I'll just say. Like a lot of people that are critical of the Bible will use this stuff and be like, see, see this, see sure. all that. Well, it doesn't say to do it. It's just saying what happened. There are some really amazing key points in what happened. I mean, like take Samson, for instance. I was hearing a message on last Sunday where his character is pointed out and God. This is what he has to work with. Right. This is one of the guys who has. Um, well, he's chosen him to be this this Nazarite that's going to do good in big things and try to, you know, serve and protect, serve and protect. And it's not until the end of his life that he defeats the most Philistines. Like it's through his death. He does more when he's dead mm. than alive because he has been humbled. He's been blinded at that point by the enemy. And he he's put between these two pillars, this giant temple where everybody's celebrating victory and worshiping their idol and and uh, it ends in just everybody dies and so he kills all these people just by pushing on these pillars and yeah. everything collapses and it, it tells you again the incredible mercy story you're not too far gone like he abandoned everything he was supposed to do as a Nazarite I think the last thing that he hadn't done was cut his hair and Delilah helped him with that right yeah let me ask you a difficult question oh you're never too far gone. Yeah, we've talked about that before because it's a, a great song title, isn't it? With yeah, Christian music. That's right. The Jordan Felice song. And oh, by the way, if you're into Christian music, hopeondemand.com, mm-hmm. where this podcast is, uh, great, incredible Christian artist mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. you know, talking about faith, singing about faith. It, it's all right there at hopeondemand.com. Yeah. Um, never too far gone. Samson is who you're referring to. Uh, that's who I was referring to. But what about the Philistines? Uh, there are people who continue to ask, am I too far gone? The people who continue to ask, am I, are not. I think it's a good way of saying it. I think it's an easy way. Now, that might be oversimplifying, and there may be people out there that, you know, say, "Mm." Every situation's different. But I, I think God knows. God knows. When you truly have abandoned him fully, Mm. or when there is that little piece still left like that thief on the cross yeah that's right the last act he did not nailed to a cross was criminal yeah and jesus still said he, he didn't have to go get baptized before he goes to heaven he doesn't have to go out and do a bunch of good things before no he turns to jesus 
and now has accepted there is something unique and different and amazing about you. You didn't do anything wrong. And I, I am sensing it right now. And I, I want to, I want a part of it. Can I be a part of your, he just said, remember me, really, remember me. you know, and he, yeah, cause he, he knew yeah. that Jesus was going to be at the kingdom of kingdoms that day. Paradise. Yeah. And so really you kind of look at it. He's the Samson in this analogy. Mm. He's the Samson figure and, and the other thief or, or was he a thief? The other guy on the yeah, cross, two thieves, they, yeah. they were two thieves. So the other thief, more the Phil- Philistine type of, he, he, he was joining in the mockery. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a fascinating thing to think because when we do think, well, I've sinned too many times. I've, I'm too messed up. I, I know somebody I'm thinking about in my life did something terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. Um, but that attitude of, I just think I'm too far gone, even though it seems like there's not that mockery and pride mm-hmm. and acknowledgement of I've got this on my own. You are going to struggle redeeming those who do not want redemption. Yeah. And if you desire it, even if you think you've done too much, if the desire is there, you absolutely can be redeemed. Are yeah. you kidding me? Right. And so don't believe the lie of the enemy. Oh, you're too far gone. No, no. You're thinking about it. You're absolutely mm. somebody that Jesus is like, I died for you. Yeah. Because I love you and I want you to be a part of what we got going on here with the kingdom. Even if it's moments before you meet that kingdom. That's you know? a, that's really good because... um. But those are some of the difficult questions that people, well, why didn't the, the, the Philistines get forgiveness? You know, and I, yeah. I think some of those, those are the difficult questions to answer for us. You have to go back. At, we've talked about this, too. The civilizations, the times, the way that they worship the gods that they believed in. It was wretched. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was like if we heard about, especially in Western culture, Western civilization, you know, where we grew up in the United States of America, maybe you're listening from a different country and I, I don't know your circumstances, but certainly the brutality of what you read in the Old Testament in some of those chapters, like this is overwhelming. This just doesn't make sense. That was the time. Mm. And so certainly there are police officers out to, you know, say you can't go around killing people. Yeah. So that yeah. that's not acceptable. Um, and for the most part, when, you know, our country was formed, it was is foundation was Christian values. So yeah. we have a certain way of life here. Well, I guess even even within our culture, you think about it more like the wild, wild west and and everybody kind of doing their own thing, panning yeah. for gold. And there's no rules compared to how most of us, you know, grew up in the 70s, 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. you know, where you everybody gets pizza on Friday nights and you follow the rules of the road and you don't have your music up loud after 11. And and how was it like growing up in the Brady Bunch? That's interesting. That's, that you- <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> and so it's uh, I don't know. It is a fascinating thing to think. You, yeah, it's mm. a really good point. You got to uh, take the culture yeah. in mind. But it, yes, because otherwise and you have to look at God made a promise. He was being true to his character. Yeah, he can't. He can't totally go back on his word. That's just not who he is. It's not even something he is capable of. So if that is his character, he is faithful, honorable, true. Mm. And he has told Abraham, it's from your people that this is going to happen. And I am going to set up someone who is going to change everything. Yeah. Yeah. And of, of course, he's he's in the future. We're, we're, this is about Jesus, you know. But God's not going to go back on that. So over time, after Joshua helps the folks get into the promised land, after all of that wilderness wandering, 
and they're there, they don't do away with the culture of the people that had been in the country previous to them. Some of them do. Clearly, some of them had to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Jewish culture and tradition would have diminished completely and we wouldn't know about it today. But a lot of people did give in and they started integrating idol worship in with what they thought. And it says over and over again, in fact, I think Judges ends with, and there was no king in these days. So everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Mm. This kept happening. So you read through that. You're like, oh, my word, you're angry for God. Which, again, he reminds me as I'm reading these things. Hey, Rochelle, you do stuff like this a lot, too. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. Thank you, Jesus, for redeeming me. Because if it wasn't for him doing that, I, I don't get heaven on my own merit. It's true. It's yeah. on his price tag that that, that became a thing. And so uh, the book of Ruth comes along, though, and here is where you see faithful people. Here's because you're like, how did we get King David mm-hmm. out of this mess? This doesn't make sense. Well, Ruth. So the book of Ruth, it starts with this family. And Naomi is dominant figure as well as Ruth and Boaz in this book. But Naomi's husband dies. Her boys die. Not before marrying two daughters. They are having hard times where they lived in Bethlehem. So they moved to uh, Moab or Moab. And her sons marry non Jewish people. They're two Moabite women. And when her sons pass away, she's, there's no, I mean, there's nothing for me here. So I'm going to go back to Bethlehem. Uh, and you girls, you should, you can marry again. I mean, it's not like I can get pregnant again and have a, another son for you to marry. And you're going to, what, you're going to wait around for them to grow up and marry. So that's not a good idea. Just go on home, go back to your families. And They both said no at first, and then the one finally reluctantly said, okay, I'll go back. But Ruth stayed. She said, no, this is it for me. Your God's my God. Your people, my people. You're my family. That's it. I'm going with you. Mm. So you see this faithful woman who has made a choice. She's a Moabite. She is a Gentile. She Mm. is not a part of the God's chosen. I'm putting that in quotes, Mm. God's chosen people. But yet she chooses God. She chooses him. And she shows this incredible faithfulness faithfulness and you got to know that God's like I love my girl Ruth you know God is for all people because he made all people we're all created in his image but he chose Abraham and so from him came the chosen people that would later produce David on the line down to Jesus and Jesus of course the ruler of all nations there's this incredible poetry to the Bible but Ruth is a part of this line it's a pretty impressive story because Ruth stays true. They go back to Bethlehem. Does that sound familiar? Bethlehem, I've heard of Little it. Little town of um, Bethlehem. Oh, it's mentioned in a song, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So when they go back, they're poor. They have no food. But there's a thing that they do in Jewish culture, which is pretty great. And you, if you ever wonder, it's like, oh, how could God be so unmerciful and allow all this killing to happen? No, the laws that he put into practice for his people were incredibly compassionate. And he said, for the foreigners, for those without, you are to take care of the widowed and the orphaned. Mm -hmm. And so that means allowing people to come into your fields. And while you're getting all the the harvest going, anything that drops, drop some along the way even. Let them collect it. We talked about that a few weeks ago. I was always under the impression of God's chosen people in the Old Testament. So if you weren't an Israelite, tough luck. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's how just I grew up thinking 
and realizing, yeah, the mercy of God. And you have people like Ruth and then you have these foreigners that are welcomed into everybody seemingly had the chance to be a part of God's crew. Treat the foreigner. There's it's all over the Old Testament. It's all over the uh, the Pentateuch, the first five books, which is called the law in in Jewish culture. It's called the law. Um, It's all about helping and you have to read past, like, if you want to find something ugly, you're going to find the ugly. But you have to read past what we understand in today's society and culture and say, well, what was theirs like? And if you were to compare their culture with others, you would see the compassion reading out. I was just yeah. like other cultures would have read the law and gone, oh, man, I want their God. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Ruth was allowed to come in and start. She found this one field and she decided to start, you know, picking barley and wheat in that field first it was barley and then i think they harvest wheat later i don't know why that's hugely important unless you're a farmer then you're like that totally makes sense but (laughs) i'm ignorant i don't know and barley was the poor of the the two uh and they were going through a really difficult time with famine i think about that time as well so this was this was really nice when the guy who's in charge of that field his name is boaz he sees this girl and there's been talk around Bethlehem about, hey, did you hear about Naomi? She came back home and all of her family's gone. But her daughter-in-law treats her better than an actual daughter. She stayed with her. She's so faithful. She's so wonderful. And Boaz sees this lady in the field. He's like, who's that? And they're like, that's that's Ruth. And he's like, I can handle some Ruth. Dang! <laughs> she's fine. Yeah. And let her get whatever she needs. Drop some along the way so she can be sure to get it. I mean, like he was really, really nice to her. And she gets all of this grain, takes it back to the mother-in-law. And he was like, what happened? This is awesome. And Ruth's like, well, I just went to this guy Boaz's field. She goes, wait, Boaz? Boaz, Boaz. That's like a relative of ours. In their culture, he would take care of them because they're relatives. Okay. And so there's this whole, I hugely recommend the book. Read it. You'll love it. It's very beautifully written. And it ends up that Ruth and Boaz do get married at the end of the story. Spoiler alert. And they have a little baby named Obed. So here they are in Bethlehem. And God is blessing. Boaz is well-to-do. And he blesses the land that, you know, um, that they're going to be living on. And and you think, huh, blessing the land that they're going to be living on. Obed is the dad of a guy named Jesse. Jesse is the dad of a guy named David. Yeah. A little town of Bethlehem. Not too far later. Not too far later. So great, great grandma. Is that great, great? Did I put enough great greats? Is a Moabite woman hmm. for King David. And you. so when you've read, when you've read earlier passages where it seems like, huh, well, they were Moabites, and so they were dogs, or wh- whatever you see written there, and it doesn't make sense. Please also read Ruth and say, no, you are reading things. You have to kind of read it as, um, I've said this before, like a narrative, um, hyperbole. You've got to make sure that you are trying to get, what's the full picture here? Because this woman was esteemed. She chose God, even though she wasn't, quote, a chosen Person, you know, kinda, a chosen people person. Kind of interesting because you you look at, um, you know, years and years later and the Samaritans <clears throat> were the people that in Jesus time were, you know, looked down on. Because and, they'd inter, the, uh, it was Jewish people that had intermarried with the enemy. And, and so 
Yeah. I guess it's just interesting that they had this history mm-hmm. where somebody that was, you know, the Moabite people were not, you know, included. But 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 if they chose to be a part of this, pe- they had that in their history. Yeah. And yet they they still they didn't see that, you know, as we get. There's Look, racism, though, right? I mean, that's racism at its fine. When we in a today's culture get caught up in this or that and we yeah. don't. And yet somebody in our family was of a different race. I mean, it's the same type of thing. It's it's hypocrisy. Yeah, it is. And it's all throughout history. Yeah, it's throughout. If we are honest and we really are. I mean, if you want to have guts. Be bold and pray the prayer that David prayed. Search me and know my heart, Lord. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Where's the hypocrisy in me? Because yeah. I don't want that. You certainly didn't applaud it. When Jesus was around, he called people flat out, you're being a hypocrite. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't a good thing. Oh, no. But it didn't oh, no. mean that they were, I mean, you can be a hypocrite, recognize it, and then say, Lord, I need redeemed over this issue. Can you can you cleanse us from me and, and Pe- help my understanding? Peter got called Satan by Jesus. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's doing okay. So. so what does that look like? It looks like God may be teaching you something that might turn your theology upside down a little bit. Like you yeah. thought one way for a long time. And then he said, Jesus even said the words, you have heard it said, but I say. He yeah. had to come along and just explain. You have gotten so sunk into doing these particular laws that some of them, it was like a sub-law. <laughs> even they were like, okay. Um, you know, you can't do this on the Sabbath. So that means you can't do this and you can't do that. And you can't do it. And then you like go down this path of like, that's not what this was about in the first place. Right. Right. And so we even see it in the story of Ruth. It's like, okay, when they're told not to intermarry, you shouldn't do this, that, and the other thing. But here is God redeeming the situation with a woman who has chosen to be faithful to him. Mm-hmm. And she was not of the line of Abraham's seed. She was a Moabite woman. Yeah. So that's, that's just fascinating. Yeah. That's just fascinating. Because I've never thought it's about it. filled, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally is. Awesome. Totally is. Uh, speaking of hope, people always looking for it. And so I, I just uh, stumbled across this verse. Oh, I'm reading through Acts slowly. Um, but uh, that's a great man. Movies have been made about it. That's a fun book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on. So, well, and it, it, uh, it gives you a lot of context about the church and what we should be doing. And, and in fact, you know, Peter gets called out at one point by Paul for only catering to the Jews and not to the Gentiles. And so mm-hmm. there's another you know Gentile reference. It, the church has certainly opened up here in, in the book of Acts where people probably I say this people like you and me that are not Jews uh, are included. All right. It's for this message is for everybody. Yeah. So they're traveling along. This is in Acts 13, right around verse 15 or so. And uh, Paul and Barnabas, maybe verse 14, Paul and Barnabas, they traveled inland uh, to this port town called Perga. They travel inland. And on the Sabbath, see, they went to where, you know, services and and discussions like this were being had. Mm -hmm. On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue for the services. After the usual readings from the books of Moses, the prophets, those in charge of the uh, the service, sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. Oh, boy, does Paul ever. So (laughs) he has a lot to say after that. He stood, he lifted his hand to quiet them, started speaking and and then just kind of, you know, tells the tells the history of the people that they know and then tells the gospel. There is, 
you know, I almost I, I wanted to say something when you share that, because Paul was this guy who knew the books of the law. He yeah. knew those books of Moses very, very well. And he preached them and he'd been on the other side of that preaching, even where he was condemning the Christians. Right. Mm-hmm. So of all the people to be able to make an argument in front of that group, Paul was a good candidate. But I also think that sometimes we can let that kind of stuff intimidate us from speaking truth, too. Oh, true. Like if you don't feel like you have that education, maybe I can't speak it. I can't speak to that. Whether or not, you know, God equipped Peter as he did Paul. That's true. That's very true. And their education levels. He was a fisherman. That's all all Peter was. He would have known. He would have gone to, you know, school for a little bit to read and write, I think. Like we went to Sunday school. He would have known, you know, for the most part, that he was a good Jewish boy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he would have, yeah, you would know the basics, I think. But in terms of like the studying that Paul, obviously, he's studying under Gamaliel. Is a big deal what Paul was as a Pharisee, uh, a different level of education, yeah. certainly. So yeah. that can feel intimidating. Sometimes I think as Christians, we're like, I can't speak into that because I don't have a doctorate or whatever, whatever's yeah. intimidating you. I, I just think that, uh, the, like you said, uh, is there a word of encouragement? You have a word of encouragement and, and Paul takes that opportunity to do it. Now, now listen, uh, we've had some discussions even here, I believe, you know, people have different giftings and different ways of doing things. And we heard from a guy once that got off his motorcycle and asked somebody at a stoplight where they're going when they die. You know, I don't see myself doing that, but I know that there's more ends, more, more um, uh, points of conversation, like open doors, open doors. than I, than I used to think about. So for example, if somebody says something about a terrible thing that happens in the news, where's the world going? You know, Mm. Boom. I mean, even if it's a guy I met on an airplane, you know, why not be able to share it right there? There's a word of encouragement. People are looking for hope. Yeah. They're looking for these things. I think it's a lot more simpler than we make it. I think you're right. And I do want to encourage you if you're on that plane and that guy does say, where is the world going? Please don't say to hell in a handbasket. Because uh-huh. I think that's, <laughs> it's, that may that's be what typical. you're thinking. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just an incredible word of encouragement like Paul had in that moment. But it's, take a beat because if there's an open door opportunity, that is that's something the Holy Spirit is has like given you. And he wants to speak through you in it. And and you don't have to worry about the results. No. Right. You know, and you may never see them again. But I, I well, honestly, this may be an ur- urban legend, but I just love the story. Um, and I and it's sad. But I think it's it's a profound story, I guess is the better way of saying it. Uh, urban legend is that Jimi Hendrix, on the last night, last concert of his career, um, said, does anybody know the point of living? Mm. And there was a Christian in that crowd that day, and he didn't say anything. I mean, because, I mean, come on. I mean, you don't know if he's being serious. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You know, there's thousands of people around. It's yeah. loud. But well, th- you can you can get yourself out of that, right? Too. You of course. Like, oh, I could never get to him anyway. I could stage. never, you know. But there, there it is, close oh, yeah. enough to the stage. And Jimi Hendrix says, "Does anybody know the point of life?" And that guy the, in this urban legend didn't speak up. The Christian mm-hmm. in the crowd. And well, we know the rest. Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix passes away of an overdose. And he, whether it's a true story or not, they that figure in that story of going, I could have said something. Those occurrences every day, right? Yeah. And if you don't speak up, trust me, I think God is not. I don't want to say I don't want to misspeak here, but I I, I think I'm speaking 
biblical accuracy here when I say God doesn't need you. Oh, that's for sure. Okay, so he doesn't need you to be the one, but he will ask you Yeah. to go. Yeah. Will you go? Who will go is what he asks and and I think it's what is Isaiah, it? right? I, it's, I'm like mixing. It's a few months from now. I'll be reading through Isaiah and Jeremiah. Is, is that what it is? It's one you of have those to, is that a calendar? This is the calendar of, of how I'm, I didn't know you had a calendar it shows to keep me, up when you need it. Cause she's doing the Bible. If you don't know, she's doing the Bible in a year again. Yeah. So this is, and I actually wrapped up for Samuel today. So I was excited to talk about Ruth because, you know, we had this fun with the Easter podcast. Right, and opening right, right, right. So we had to give that some time, but I, I got into first Samuel. I finished that one up. But yeah, he doesn't need you. He wants you. He desires you. He desires your your business partnership, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's so if you're asked to go alongside a Jimi Hendrix in this, or your coworker, or somebody else, God is going to do everything I think to help that person along. Um, I, I, we can guilt trip each other too on stuff, but I also don't want that that to put a, a, um, a wrench in the works from keeping you motivated and activated to look for those opportunities. Lord, would you present those opportunities? Because he desires to do that through you. And uh, yeah, the guilt thing, that's not a Jesus thing. The um, But the conviction thing, yeah. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 3 because I don't want to... Um, I, I, this honestly relieves me more than it scares me, but I, but I think there is still uh, great seriousness in this where Paul is talking about what are you building on the foundation? There's mm-hmm. the foundation is only Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. whatever we build on, we build on that. Yeah. And so on, on judgment day, what he's referring to is uh, the builder will build on the foundation and it could be fire tested things, precious jewels and stones, or it could be straw and hay. And on, on judgment day, this is more for rewards, mm-hmm. right? So on, on judgment day, the whatever work we have to show mm-hmm. in this life could burn up because it's fire tested as in was it was it authentic was right, it you know right. for the kingdom and uh, and that will just there will be no reward but you have the foundation mm-hmm. so you're good it actually says the builder will uh will escape will be saved as escaping from the flames uh but if we are taking these opportunities and that's why i want to say it seems scary but the good thing is regardless because uh, it, it is by faith. So regardless of whatever opportunities we take, whatever works that we do on this earth, authentic faith in Jesus gets you into heaven. Mm-hmm. But then what's cool about taking these opportunities in authentic fashion, you're building stone and precious jewels that are fire tested. And then even more so that he says to you, job well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. And and so you think about what whatever that looks like. I don't know what rewards in heaven are exactly. But it's a really cool thing. And on the selfless side of it, of course, is that that person that you're telling might get to be there to enjoy it with you. I mean, that's motivation. Yeah. Not the crown, per se. Not the jewels. A person. A human being. One of our favorite things to do as Americans is to hear a hero story, watch it, you know, Hey, uh, we love a good comic book that talks about superheroes. We love that kind of messianic t- tale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone's going to come in and save the day. Yeah. And God is literally giving us an opportunity to proclaim his Messiah message. Yeah. And help be a part of the experience in saying, here is your salvation. Grab it. Yeah. 
we can be a part of the hero story. Now, it's not it's not us being the hero per se, but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like giving somebody their own bat signal. Yes. And then they can shine it at that time. I'm, and I'm not I'm not saying to every little thing, you know, you're in a traffic jam. You know, you don't shine the bat signal. Then I'm talking about when it's life and death. It is heaven or hell. And you shine that bat signal because you know who's going to save you. Yeah. I think it's, I don't want to miss an opportunity. And I think it comes more instead of, hey, is this going to get me another notch on my Christian belt? It comes from, I desire to do what Jesus wants us to do. Look at all the things he did for yeah. me. I think it's just That's nice it to, to know. But 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 if it's, I think if it, this is just me saying it. I think if that strictly was the focus only, then then I don't know if you would get a precious stone or jewel, right? Because then it wouldn't be a true authentic, selfless, faithful work done in the name of Jesus, it's done in your own name. You Potentially. Know, I mean, that's all up in the air. Yeah, I, there there are some things that I haven't really explored in Scripture because it's never really appealed to me in terms of like, you know, the, well, you'll, I, I've heard it said in church, mm-hmm. you'll get a crown one day and all this stuff. Uh, I love the name Casting Crowns because it's like, it's, I'm casting them there because it's not even about me, yeah. right? But yeah. I, I understand the the symbolism with us being co-heirs with Christ yeah. in this kingdom place. Right. But, you know, if all if you, if this is all confusing, it's like, I don't even know what this means. If your focus is Jesus, it's just like the more you know that person in your life that you absolutely love, you just want to do nice things for them because you love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is love to serve others. That's what this is all about. And so you just find yourself, that's what I want to do. And yeah, and that that's going to have the most impact for his glory and his kingdom. And that's a blessing to be a part of the hero story. What's your favorite thing on planet Earth? My Well, come uh, on. Of something that we can all try and do. What is something that you would totally recommend to My everybody? Thing? Your favorite thing? Uh. Movies, food, music, place, your place you have to go. What is your thing that you would recommend to anyone? So I'm not going to talk about people, though, because that's, no. that's off not, the not board. In this, no, not in this. And we're not necessarily going with like a, like, oh, I... The Bible, you know, obviously love the Bible, just, but you're just, talking about like something. We'll get to the Bible. You just, you do. What is the fun thing that you want everybody to experience before they die? Okay. So every Friday, look, the pressure is off. Yeah. I don't cook. Uh-huh. My husband gets me my favorite food. What kind? It's Chinese takeout. Yeah, it is. And we get that home and we divvy it up and we eat those egg rolls. And it is, it was my favorite thing in childhood to have Chinese food. It's. It's just so good. You want somebody to understand the blessing and the even, even to some degree in this in this context, a saving nature uh, from from you having to do dishes and to cook on Friday nights. <laughs> rescue me. And and it's exactly it's a rescue. You're telling somebody that is looking for encouragement, a coworker that's depressed, a, a coworker that um, is just you can tell is going down a, a bad road. And when that opportunity arises, yeah. the the ultimate recommendation the ultimate yelp review five star five 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 star is jesus loves you and whatever you're going through he'll he'll be there with you through it and then at the end you have the thing you have to look forward to is all time with him yeah look for an opportunity maybe it's purchasing a cup of coffee and writing a little love note on it hey smile jesus loves you I don't know what to say after that. I'm just playing the music. I think it was like profound and then you said stuff. And then I said, and we're both saying stuff now. messed it up. (laughs) Messed it up. We'll see you next week.